0: Welcome to MIG's Front Page, the official podcast of JMIG, the Journal of Minimally Invasive Gynecologic Surgery. With our hosts, Courtney Fox and Kathleen Ackert, we interview authors of recent publications in JMIG to keep you up to date on the latest in evidence-based practices in our field. In episode 33, we welcome Dr. Micah Wright discussing the article entitled, Single Incision, Midurethral Sling Site of Care, Office-Based Ambulatory Surgical Unit Versus Hospital-Based Ambulatory Surgical Unit Setting. So, welcome to this episode of Mig's Front Page.
1: A warm welcome to Dr. Micah Wright, who was one of my fellows in residency. Dr. Wright, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yes. So, I'm from Ponca City, Oklahoma. Grew up in Oklahoma. Went to UCO, small school here in Oklahoma City, and then uh, went to Oklahoma State University for medical school. I completed my residency and Tulsa at Oklahoma State Hospital in OBGYN. And then I recently, about a year ago, graduated from a fellowship in minimal invasive gyne surgery at St. Luke's University in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Practice primarily consists of Mentally invasive surgery, endometriosis, fibroids. I do a lot of minimally invasive kind surgeries, but I also have a a pretty widespread practice of urogynecology as well. From all spans uh, of the area, I'm the only GYN surgeon provider for Creek Nation, one of the tribal affiliations in Oklahoma. So um, I also work with Oklahoma State University Residency Program as their MIGS faculty.
0: That's awesome, Dr. Wright. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You know, it's it's wonderful that you bring both a MIGS and your mm-hmm. perspective. So tell us, what was the objective of your, your recently published study?
2: So this was a study that uh, we kind of had in mind for a long time. You know, one of the driving factors behind it was to show, number one, that office-based procedures such as the mid urethral sling could be performed in an office, an office-based ASU, and it didn't have to be done in the hospital. But I think one thing that we had seen too is there's, there's a constant economic pressure placed on physicians by payers, not only by payers, but by healthcare administrators to cut down cost on procedures, but keep the quality of the procedures and keep patient safety in mind. So we've kind of seen in the, in the past, especially in joint surgery, a shift towards ASUs to offer low costs for the site of care, but maintaining quality, safety, and then really maintaining patient satisfaction. So that was kind of the driving force objective. But one of the big things we wanted to look at was look at the economic differences in the terms of overall costs between these ASU settings. So the hospital ASU versus an office-based ASU. Kind of before we even started looking at this data, we hypothesized that there would be a significant cost uh, savings associated with the office-based ASU. And then we wanted to look for differences in pr- procedural details, time in the OR, safety, adverse events, especially within the safety profile. Um, and then ultimately at, at the end goal too was patient satisfaction.
1: So how did you design your study?
2: So our study was a, a retrospective cohort study and all the patients that were part of this study were treated by a single surgeon. Uh, in the office-based ASU as well as the hospital-based ASU. Implantation of coloplast, uh, the Altus single incision slings, between January of 2016 and August of 2020.
0: And what type of patients were included in this study?
2: So the patients in this study were patients who received only a mid-urethral single incision sling. Um, So no other procedures were involved, um, just the mid-urethral sling. And they couldn't have any concurrent prolapse procedure at either of those facilities. When we went through and reviewed these patients, we wanted to make sure every patient met the diagnostic criteria for stress urinary incontinence, um, which is defined as having all three of the elements that we kind of know are including the diagnosis, uh, such as loss of urine with stressful activities, so with uh, effort or physical exertion. And they had to demonstrate a positive cough stress test with bladder fullness. And also uh, the physical finding of, of urethral hypermobility and, and how we did those in the office was a urethral Q-tip test, having uh, greater than 30 degrees of displacement um, from the evaluation when they were in a supine lithotomy position. We also did urodynamic evaluation, on patients who are at increased risk of having ISD, intrinsic sphincter deficiency, which with that we see postural incontinence, you know, severe urinary leakage, patients with history of vaginal radiation, prior pelvic floor surgeries. So on the urodynamic studies, the patients who demonstrated a Valsalva leak point pressure less than 60 centimeters H2O, or if their urethral pressure closure was less than 30, then they were removed from the study because they were considered better candidates for the retropubic mid slings, which are only performed in the hospital-based ASUs. Also, one thing that was a big driving force behind patients that were included were contract payers. So some payers do not pay for office-based procedures. And unfortunately, even though these contracts exist and we could work around it in some instances, a lot of a lot of the candidates for the surgery had to have their procedure performed in the hospital-based ASU.
1: So what were your results?
2: So total results between this time frame of January 2016 and August 2020, we had a total of 125 women who underwent the ASU-based uh, mid single insurgency thing. 47 women had it performed in the hospital-based ASU, and 78 women had it performed in the office-based ASU. So we looked at a couple different things uh, in the final results. Cost analysis components of our study were one of the biggest things we wanted to look at because we were uh, definitely driven by the economic differences. Ultimately, we looked at reimbursement amount for each different facility. So what we found was the mean total charge for the office-based AAUs was around 4564 uh, with a standard deviation of about $158. And the mean reimbursement rate was 2,000. 642 with no reimbursement for anesthesia. When we looked at the hospital based ASU, the mean facility charge for a mid single incident sling was $40,136 with a standard deviation of $490 and also an associated anesthesia charge of about $800. So, quite a bit of difference you can see right there. Mean facility reimbursement rate for the hospital based ASU was was higher, it was $9,000. But there's also an additional anesthesia reimbursement of about $500. So total mean global cost in the hospital ASU was about $9,500. None of the reimbursements we looked at included the operating surgeon charge because those are the same regardless of where you do the procedure. Um, another thing that, like I said before, we, wasn't one of our main objectives but was a, was a pretty important objective to us was looking at the total patient encounter time. And this is something, too, that was kind of a barrier to care in the past that we've seen, but the hospital-based ASU total patient encounter time was about 344.7 minutes, with a standard deviation of 39 minutes, compared to the office-based ASU, where the mean total patient encounter time was 53.76 minutes, with a standard deviation of 10 minutes. So pretty big reduction in time there, being able to offer it in the office. Total time in the OR, in the hospital-based ASU, was 50 minutes with a standard deviation of eight minutes. And this was recorded as the time of entry into the OR, documented from exit into the recovery room. Compared to the office-based o- o- ASU, the mean total time for procedure was 22 minutes with a standard deviation of, of four minutes. The other aspect, once again, we looked at safety. We wanted to look at adverse events that is commonly associated with procedure regardless of where you perform it. So, Overall, only two patients reported unanticipated uh, an adverse events. This was in the hospital-based ASU. So no patients were seen for emer- emergent evaluation or treatment for the short or long-term follow-up. Uh, in the office-based ASU, there were no adverse events reported. We did have 11 patients report commonly associated events that were anticipated with the procedure.
0: So it sounds like all the things that you found really point towards the safety and efficacy of doing it in the office. So how can we counsel our patients differently after this study? And has this actually affected your practice?
2: I definitely think it has. I mean, really, in this study to us, it underlined the importance in consideration for determining the site of care for patients that are undergoing these procedures right? A lot of things we look into when we kind of determine who is a good candidate for it outside of payer information. Um, So there's a lot of things in the study we looked at to see if they are a good candidate to do it in there. But I think now this has kind of widens the current available literature and support that we can do it. So I think offering the patient a chance to have more of a stress-free, less time-consuming procedure when we can prove that there are benefits to it safety-wise besides just the cost. And timing wise, the study really highlighted lower cost of care, shorter patient counter time, shorter time in the OR, and ultimately very similar patient outcomes compared with satisfaction associated with the performance of the sling at both of these uh, procedures. Um, one thing, too, despite the overall safety and efficacy, it's well established and regardless of the care setting. So, either way, it's very well established, good safety. There's still barriers in accessing care. One thing is, Also, patients being a little bit cautious about where their site of care is received and if they prefer to have general anesthesia. So I think counseling patients in the future, uh, letting them know there is safety in it, patient satisfaction is similar in both, and pointing out the differences as far as availability of of being in a hospital versus being in an office-based ASU.
1: I think one really interesting thing about all of these slings that were done in the office is that in Dr. Lucente's ASU, which is where these were done, is you guys don't give fentanyl and Versed. It's not like you have a CRNA coming in. Like you do these completely under local anesthesia, which I think is mm-hmm. really great. You know, for a patient who's very sick and, you know, they aren't a good candidate mm-hmm. to go under anesthesia or they can't yeah. tolerate from Dellenberg or all the other things that make someone a poor surgical candidate, to be able to do this mm-hmm. under local is just really fantastic. One of our attendings, you know, even in in my residency, even had one of these, and she just talks about what a fabulous experience it was not having to go to the hospital, and everyone was up in her business and saw her name on the OR board. So I think Mm -hmm. it's a really, really great alternative. Are there any future directions that you see this study going in or anything you'd like to look at in the future?
2: And just in general, there's a big push for a transition regarding surgical side of care. And cost benefit is definitely an important aspect of it, but there's a lot more global considerations. And and those are mostly patient safety and patient selection, anesthesia capabilities, and patient tolerability. So I feel like some of the direction that this is going in, right, we have to keep those things in mind because the patients have to be able to tolerate the procedure in the office. And although for some patients it sounds like a really great idea, going through all the risk with them, even though there's low risk adverse events, they have to be able to tolerate it. So future directions would, for me, would be to, you know, encourage more studies uh, for ambulatory procedures um, and ambulatory surgeries, right? This is technically a surgery, um, although it's a kind of considered more procedure, it is a surgery. But, you know, moving towards the standard of care, keeping this as an option for a standard of care, not just as a kind of a idea, but something that can actually be really achieved in multiple scenarios. One statistic we kind of pointed out in there was uh, 22.5 million ambulatory procedures and surgeries were performed at ASUs with only 2% of patients requiring hospital admission. So transition to the ASU is going to be both beneficial uh, for the surgeon, right, because we're able to break down this barrier of care, but also for the patient's.
0: Well, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of this study, because it highlights the importance of women's choices in terms of what they feel comfortable with, in terms of having a procedure, whether they can withstand taking a whole day off and having a hospital-based procedure versus if they can be easily done in the ambulatory setting, so We really appreciate this study. We look forward to future information about office-based procedures. And we thank you so much for being here with us today, Dr. Wright.
2: Yes, thank you so much for inviting me.
1: This has been another episode of MIGS Front Page.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of MIGS Front Page, brought to you by our team, Courtney Fox, Kathleen Ackert, and Veronica Galaviz. Produced by Daniel Nassar.